everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. Wednesday Live in the shed. How are you, Hi, Michael? are you? Huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. No, I was going to say, are you, are you in the shed, Mike? No, I am in the shed. I'm down in the shed. I'm home from my uh, adventure of a, a couple of two days driving in the Daffodine. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm feeling a little bit secondhand. I've got to go and unload it in the morning. I really would have liked to have gone and got it done this afternoon just to get it over and done. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, small steps. Small steps. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, it's good to see they got you a little bit restricted from getting out in the public too much. That's right. That's right. No, look, it's been a, been a nice little drive. I went down 31 and saw all the new rest areas that have been... You know, added in the middle by people who can't maintain their trucks within the white lines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to yeah, say that there. Are we, are we on the parking bays already? Yeah, no, just, just, <laughs> just uh, what, it, what it is down the game now, mate, they just go screw it, I'm parking here. And they just drive them into the middle, like, just like that. That's what you do. It's not, it's yeah, not a really. protest, is it? I don't think so. I don't think it's a protest. <laughs> well, I suppose you'd park <laughs> across the road, wouldn't you? <laughs> you, would, you, would, you would. Unless they're greenies, they'd be going for the green spot in the middle. They'd be going for the green spots, yeah. There I couldn't right. believe, I honestly couldn't believe how many places you can see wheel tracks coming into the, into the scrub. What is wrong with these people? It's worse when they're coming out the other side and continue right. down the other side for a little while. Well, I suppose it is. Yeah, I suppose it is. But I got home to a really good present. Well, I know you sent that picture. I got home to a really good present. We've got uh, a, a full set of binders and a heap of a heap a heap a heap of uh, old trucker my mags. A gentleman has sent me. How many, Rodney? He heaps. 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 Two. Two was it? Two <laughs> <laughs> heaps. Bit more than two. Because two big, two big, like double-sized milk crates they are, right? And they were just chocker, nice with, with old old mags and binders and things like that. And I've got a photo of Rose pouring over Truck and Life magazines like she's having a love affair. She looked like she was having a moment. <laughs> uh, well, I can, I can, I can sympathise with Rose. We love having moments over Truck and Life. It's yeah. where we are today, Sunday afternoon. So if anyone's got any more out there, we're more than willing to take them off your hands. Yeah, I've got more than willing to pay for it. I'm more than willing to pay for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll negotiate what you Uh, want and where you are. But we, you know, with as many old trucking rights as we can possibly get our hands on, the, uh, you know, the the better off we are. Mm. Well, the object, the object for me, obviously, is to complete, uh, get a complete set. Um, And obviously, you know, there, there are. There are, you know, there's, there's plenty of gaps in this little lot that was that was sent. But the um, the other part about this too is I'd like to try and recreate the archive. You know how many requests I've had for old magazines? Heaps. Ridiculous. Oh. Heaps. 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 I reckon heaps. 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 Yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd say between the three of us now, we'd damn near have a full set. But anyway, you never know. I've got pallets of them, mate. Pallets. Have you? Yeah. yeah. The problem is they're all the same one. Would be an issue one of the, the August edition. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's, I saw a peloton the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. Oh, it's good stuff, isn't it? No, I'm very, very, very excited about it. And, uh, you know, we're getting uh, phone calls from, from guys that want to contribute to future magazines. Mm. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interest. I'm surprised, actually. One of the things that surprised me is how interested people are in the models. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's massive. I, I mean, I thought there was always going to be some interest. Yeah. But I didn't realise it would be as deep as it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's and a genuine to... love for the model. Oh, yeah. And there's a guy There's a guy who lives up in Toowoomba. Now, I'm not going to give his name out or anything like that at the moment. Yeah. But he gets... I mean, how, how big are this place's balls, right? He gets great collectibles and he, he um, pulls them apart and paints them up into customers' um, page schemes for them. Yeah, right. That's keen. And so, so they want a they want a diecast model. So you know, one of their trucks. So they'll they'll, they'll buy a great collectible, and uh, he, he effectively re, you know, gives them a, gives them a coat of paint, basically. But I mean, there's a lot more, a lot lot more to it than that. Yeah, and he makes he makes. Um, Stock crates and trailers and all sorts of stuff. It's just incredible. Send me yeah. some photos, so we're going to have a bit of a look at that. But, you know, just crazy stuff. But, but I, I couldn't believe how many people are interested in the models. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, uh, well, I think, you know, people like the idea of going trucking and people that maybe not really truck-orientated can like the idea of models. They, they yeah. you know, they have a bit of an affiliation with trucks and, uh, well, have a, a bit of a model. A lot of the companies like the model in the company colours to put on the desk, you know, and or yeah. put on display in their foyer or something like that. So, I mean, there's a there's a, a bit of a calling for it. Mm. If anyone's out there and they're interested in getting one done of their, in their colours, uh, send us an email and I'll put you to, put you together with this guy. He does them as a hobby. He's not a he's not a, a trucker himself. He does a good job of them. The, the detail got, in some of these things is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I just got a uh, I just got a text message from the lovely Rosalie. She's still up there poring over these magazines. I've had to come down here and do this damn radio show. One hundred and thirty-five magazines uh, we were gifted today. Oh, lovely! So uh, very, very, very excited. My and I'll be sending a personal thank you to the chap that uh, that donated them to me. So. Um, it's it's quite uh, a humbling thing when someone gives you something because he, he could have sold these things. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, and and got and got big money. I actually offered a guy uh, two thousand dollars for half of a collection uh, not that long ago, and got beaten yeah. out of it by someone else. Oh, yeah, so, right on. So uh, it's. Uh, I'm amazed at the price that some of them are. I have a look on eBay, you know. Not uncommon to see it around forty dollars an issue. It's ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, for a uh, what were they dollar ninety five the first ones? Thanks for telling everybody that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've got to be honest. As we're trying to wheel and deal in. No, no, we've got to be honest. I don't, want, yeah, I don't want anyone to say, I don't want anyone to ever feel that we here at Trucker Life ripped them off because we won't do that. You know, we're not, uh, 
We're not one of the All major buddies. carriers who are willing to undertake you for doing a job. That's just not. Oh, yeah. how set, controversial is that? Set the right rate, Mike. Set the right set, rate. That's yeah, right. You've that's got to right. set the right yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. Set the right rate. Cost, yeah. You've got to have cost recovery. They're not all worth that. Yep. Um, I saw that there's a couple that seem as though they're quite uh, difficult to get. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so quite, you got you got a ridgy digit number two, did you? Did get a ridgy digit number two. It's got a little bit of gravel rash on the uh, on the cover. Oh, because it's because it's actually in the binder, yep. right. and oh and, yeah, right. And the number one's missing, and it's sort of the, the binder the binder's sort of rubbed up against it, mm. and put a couple of marks on the cover. So it's not exactly mint, mm. but but apart from that, it's in very 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 good condition. Yeah, I've got the second one, but it's it's a reprint, so it's just not the yeah. same, is it? Not quite the same. No, I've got no idea. I've got no idea what that'd be worth, but at the point is, it really doesn't matter to me. They're, they're priceless, to be honest with you, mm. um, because of the uh, of the way we feel. But anyway, there you go. Mm. Enough about that. Enough about that. It's been a big day today, really. There's been a hell of a lot going on. We've had a bit of a bit of an incident up near Rockhampton, mate. A little bit of yeah. a crash. Bit of a bit of an accident up there with. Uh, with We've lost. What was that? What's oh, it's just some ignorant bloke that hadn't turned his phone down. Oh, right, eh? Just, yeah. oh. So, so there's a, a an Abrams main battle tank and a float and a truck uh, being burnt to the ground. There's been a B double burnt to the ground. Surprisingly, no one's been killed. But this float and the B double had a head on float cutting a tank. And the and the B doubles had a head on. There's been a couple of cars involved, a couple of caravans, a truckload of uh, a truckload of new caravans has been involved. Uh, seven or eight seven or eight vehicles there just near the Jewel, just out of Rockhampton. So uh, you you've really got to wonder what was going on. The, the second there was another tank going along in front of it, and he obviously would have uh, seen what what happened. But this is what happens when wide loads narrow roads. And clearly, clearly, someone's dropped the ball, haven't they? Yeah, I did hear uh, in the news it was a bit of a merging issue. Mm. Well, that doesn't surprise me because you know the we all people, need space. We all need <laughs> space. Please to hear you. Please to hear you chime in with that one, Yogi. I've seen a bloke yeah, banging I mean, on about that, Yogi, recently. I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Some bloke with a bloody purple, purple penworth was going. We all need space. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Chuck that blind spot. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do, but but not directly in front of you though. Like mm. I don't understand. I honestly don't understand yeah. how a wide load can come into contact with a B double going the other way. I can. I don't understand. I can quite easily. Yeah. How? How does it happen? Because they don't where's give you the, space. Where, they don't watch what's coming at them. Where's you know? the pilot car? Oh well, you don't always have to have a pilot, and you're a little bit wide. Well, how big? But, yeah, how big the pilot? How big the load? Even, even, tank. even at five meters, you can have a pilot car, and you can have people try to come onto the same bridge as you. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I well, don't know. Put your phone down, do, concentrate, or, or whatever. But some of it just comes down to pure, I don't know, ignorance, or they just don't know. But you know, see a pilot of, car with a flashing light on the front of it, and even um. 
a vehicle with a, a big red header or something on it, it's pretty obvious you've got to get out of the way. You'd think, would you? Yeah. But some just well, don't. You'd, some you'd just do. don't. No. It's as simple as that. So mm. they need the space, eh, Yogi? We all need the space. And uh, even, nice. you know, I, I come on, I, uh, I, I went and the gentleman, I went and seen other radio during the week. I was on other radio during the week. I just oh. put that out there. I'm not as worried to hear it on the road radio yeah. on a Wednesday night. I, I stayed up late and put my big boy pants on and was up at half past 12 at night. Ooh, oh, dear idea. That's what I do for other radio stations. So, yeah. Don't do it for us, but he does some stuff on else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm right. not doing overnights for this radio station. That ain't going to happen, but definitely with the ABC. But, uh, yeah, that's what the, a lot of truck drivers are saying there on uh, on Monday night. That you know, a lot of truck drivers need to know that, you know, there's etiquette that is getting lacked in the spatial awareness of, what we're doing so don't roar up behind another truck and just come around like figure it out you, you're kind of catching the truck figure it out you've got the ability to do it step out be polite about it and, uh, and don't be aggressive in a truck as well so there's uh there's a whole range of things that have come out of this campaign uh mm. during the week and um mm. yeah the space is a big issue well I, I think that some of the issues that we have, there are there are guys that are sort of feeling the pressure about, you know, like, get out of your road, I've got market on. I don't care, mate. It's got nothing to do with me. Um, yeah. The, 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 the uh, I mean, that's almost become a bit of a joke, that has. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are guys out there with a certain amount of pressure on them. I, I think that, I think that in some ways, we're not doing ourselves any favours by, by putting pressure on our colleagues you know, there and there are some people that drive like they're still in Delhi. So, you know, yeah. I, it really does worry me that some of these guys. You see some of these near misses we're seeing out in the paddock now. Um, some people seem as though they have no regard for their own safety or anyone else's, and that's starting to worry me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and I and I use the comment that I made there before advisedly. Because we've got, a, you know, we've had a bit of change in New South Wales now, where you can't just get off the boat or off the plane and then go to the RMS and get a license. You've got to have yep. a residency, a residency thing happening here now. So that's closed one little loophole, but it doesn't mean that people are still getting their licenses or being trained properly. And it's one of the biggest problems that we face. Um, it's right up there with you know, recruitment and retention, proper training. Um, and you can't blame, you know, you can't blame a driver who wants to go out and earn a feed and put a roof over his family's head. I mean, that's what we're all doing. Yeah. Um, I think that we've had this culture where people are saying uh, our companies are, you know, more willing to poach experienced drivers of other companies. And the fact is, it's, it's terribly hard for anyone to get a start. It's even more difficult for anyone to get for anyone to get any training. Um, and, and everything costs money, and the margins are that thin that no one wants to pay for the learning experience anymore. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to uh, pay for a bloke to learn the ropes sometimes because you never know what his attitude is until you put him behind the wheel. And, of course, then you've got a whole raft of other issues as well. So you train this bloke, and they have a minor tip about, you know, we don't want you to smoke in the truck or something. And the guy just says, well, screw you then and go somewhere else. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you, there's no security in it for anyone. I think 
Now, if you train someone, you should expect to get a little payback, you know? But, yeah. Uh, that's just my opinion. Well, that'd be nice sometimes, you know. A bit of respect all round would be would go a long way, actually. Yeah, well, I think there's a little bit of a little bit of that something in that for all of us, I think. Everyone needs to have a bite of the sandwich. I think I've said that before. I'll shut up about that now. Yeah. Right eh? You're right, 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 right. So you yeah, finished now, Mike, I'm, have you? Finished? No, no, yeah, no, 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 I'm loving it. Loving it. Loving You're it. loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were supposed I'm to have a bloke it. on the show tonight who uh yeah. is, is a great uh, a really great guy and he's doing it a little bit hard and he's uh so if you're listening, mate, I you know, shout out to you. I wish you were here with us, but there's no pressure on you to be here. And sooner or later you'll we'll work it we'll work it out. Um, and I hope, I, hope you, I hope everything's going fine for you. So, you know, that is another thing that is, uh, this bloke's really suffered from things that have happened to him as a result of being a, a driver and with injuries and, 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 you know, things like that. And we need to talk about that. We're going to have Rod Hannafy on the show here shortly, who has partnered with, um, and our music partner with his partner with GME, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and our safety council from down south yeah. there. So we'll, we'll, let yeah. him, we'll let him We'll let him, we'll let him talk about it. But, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, we can talk about, healthy heads in trucks and sheds and health and gear and all that sort of thing. Um, we do have to learn how to, how to uh, I suppose, ask for a hand if we need one. We're not mm. very good at it. Blokes are generally not very good at it. Um, mm. People in general are not very good at it, I don't think. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I know I'm not very good at it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel as though I, you know, I can use a hand for, you know, just for someone to talk to sometimes. Mm. It's a bit yeah. hard, you know. It can be very, yeah. very difficult for people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been saying I've sort of asked for help with different things at home and what's going on and, and then you kind of figure out that you're probably not asking the right way either. Yeah, well, so, we might be doing that yeah. too. Yeah, you know, you're sort of going, oh, look, I thought I was pretty clear that we need this and this done, and obviously we weren't clear that we needed that and that done first and uh, yeah. and play on, fair bump, play on. So, yeah, there's uh, and, and I think you see it a lot as truck drivers. We we don't say enough words. We say a lot of words during the day because we talk to everybody, but that's who we are. But you, say, you don't say a lot of words, you might say, you know, a couple hundred words for the day and, you know, sometimes you get a little bit short and sharp and blunt, but that's only because you've only said a few words for the day and you don't really mean to. And, you know, when you go in and ask for dinner, it's um, not that hard at the roadhouse to say please and thank you. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And all points in between. Of course, of course, the best part about it is this is the one that I really love. You can be skilled about something in the truck and you're driving down the road and you just got it goes over and over and over in your head. You can have the whole argument with yourself, both sides of the argument too. Yeah, happy as can be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to the person that you should have been having the discussion with and you just give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> they, <know> yeah. <laughs> they haven't got a clue what's going on. Yeah, that's like, right. Oh, you, get, you get to that stage, you're like, oh, and then they go, Oh, no, we thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right, okay, right, all right. Uh, and it means nothing. Well, yeah. 
Well, we might we'll go to a song, guys, because then we'll get right on the phone. And, right, uh, eh? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll rev it up a bit, eh? How's that work for you? Right, eh? oh, we, we still haven't seen any music, have we? I know. So you're just still revving up your playlist, aren't you? I just, I'll just do whatever oh. I want. Oh, Mike does send them, and I just discard it because it's normally crap. Stop, stop, it. Uh, stop it out, <laughs> out trucking, dude. <laughs> that, that right, eh? We'll be right, right back. Chug it on. All right. Start flying across the sea, 
Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, Potter. So, Yogi. Yes. Hello, present and counterfoil. I was just I'm checking you there. It was a bit of a mic check because apparently you've changed your setup while we've been off air. Yeah, that's right because I like to muck around with stuff. Don't touch the red button and I'm out here touching the red button. That's what we're okay. doing at this point in time. So. All right. It seems to make an improvement there. All right, can make an improvement. Yeah, see, we're doing that in the off off Brad break, but the yeah. tech guy bolted out there and I don't know, made dinner for his lovely wife or something. I don't know what. Oh, she's actually been upstairs cooking. She? Yeah, we got mm. there's tradesmen coming to the area over the next couple of weekends to sort of help out with people that haven't managed to get their houses back in shape oh, after right. the floods. So. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. Cooking some slice and stuff. Jeez. Strategically oh, putting chocolate in it so I won't eat it. No, fair enough, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair enough. But well, anyway. Where we, we got in there? Rod, Rod, welcome to On The Road Radio, Rod. Long time uh, friend of the show. <laughs> Is he there? Are you there, Rod? I am, mate. Yes, ah, yes. Just having to update the EWD. Ah. Yeah, we're, oh, right, oh. you're updating the EWD. <laughs> That'd be Hub Fleet too, I'd imagine, Rod. Is that a, a Hub Fleet EWD? Yeah, he's up on another planet. He's fully engrossed in what he's doing. No, he's gone. He's gone? No, he's, he's gone. gone. You, Rod, you're still there. No, I'm here. Yeah, that'd be the Hub Fleet EWD. It certainly would, yes. That's, that's yeah. all right. We're just checking. Yes. He's got to get him. Get a plug in for one of our sponsors, Rod. We do, as you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Rod, you uh, you actually made a trip down to Sydney the other day to jump in front of a TV camera. Yes, yes, it was a fairly big week. Radio, TV, newspaper. I mean, I was, I was having a ball. He's how to get time to drive that truck. <laughs> You're not the first to ask that, believe you me. But anyway, <laughs> I've had that all week myself, Rod. Where yes, yes. Oh, listen to drive? these celebrities here, Michael. You'll probably think you won too now. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's all good, mate. I'm, I'm quite happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no celebrity here. Yeah. So what the trip to Sydney um, entail, Rod? What was that all about? Well, mate, um, for a number of months we've been planning to set something up and it's taken a little while to get the back of the trailer done and Probably about a month ago, I finally put a photo up of the back of the trailer and it has a big sticker on the back that says, the open road is an ideal place to open up. If you feel like getting something off your chest, give Rod a call on UHF 24. And the idea of it, it's called the Open Road Open Up Campaign. It's being sponsored by GME, people who make our UHFs. And the other group involved is Rural Outreach Counselling, based in Wagga. And whilst there's a lot of passive stuff about uh, Chucky's mental health specifically, uh, you know, bring here or go there or do something else, this is meant to be something that's active. Mm. So that, yep, driving along, the sign's on the back, I listen to 24, someone calls up and has a chat. Now, we all know blokes are, you know, reluctant to go to the doctor and talk about their problems. Chucky's are no different in that regard. But, of course, with us, the opportunity doesn't exist. If you're one of the few blokes that's got really good mates or family that you can talk to, mate, you're in front of a lot of blokes that simply don't have those contacts anymore. Mm. That's right. Mm. Yeah. I um I noticed 
Rod, with um, talking to you today and through um, the ROC, there's a campaign that was started a long time ago by John Harper in Stock and Mingle, mate, helping mate. And and he came to the realisation that of the way that farming was changing, that we didn't help people like we used to. So you used to go and help your neighbour pick up a few hay bales or, or do, do a bit of this or you might be landmarking or something. So everyone sort of shared like shared things around whereas once once the machinery got bigger and bigger farms no one was helping anyone else out so just that conversation that you may have just by being there with somebody didn't exist so people are there to stew over their own problems instead of maybe just having a simple outlet so having someone to call up or a program where you can do that over the radio you know it's a good start isn't it well, it is, mate. And as you say, years ago, blokes would have the time to sit in a roadhouse and have a decent feed and take the time. We're all time poor now. We've got all these cameras watching us. You've got GPS tracking you. Everybody wants to know where you've been and what you've done and why. And, of course, you've only got to add the things up, mate. Like, you know, you're responsible to the boss. You've got to do the right thing by him. Then you're responsible to the customer who generally treats you like you're non-existent, you're not human, uh, your time is there to waste at their regard, given depending on where you go and who you deal with. Then you've got the public, you know, they want you to do it their way and, and be the right thing and deliver it yesterday. You've got the road authorities who will tell you how to do it, but of course don't have to do it themselves, neither do those who police our rules. And then you've got to satisfy yourself and your family. And then all you need is the roads falling apart like they are, you have a bad day, something goes wrong, and all that is sitting on your shoulders. And, of course, the way we're treated in the media, you know, there's an accident, it's a truck crash. It's not a crash involving a truck, so you're guilty by default. You're hung out to dry before any investigation is done. And we know that that's affected people, that that's, you know, put even more weight on them. And then look how we were treated in COVID. And, mate, the other thing I started talking about years ago, most of the roadhouses had toilets outside. So at least, you know, overnight, if you knew the place, you knew how they operated, you could pull up there and still use the loo. Well, all the new ones have them inside, and now they're all closing early, and, and mate, we're, we're struggling again to even get a toilet and then to get decent food, and all of those things impact on your physical health, which impacts on your mental health. Mm. Yeah. It, no, it's, a, it's a good thing that you're on, Rod, and uh, well done for getting involved and getting off your backside and doing mm. something about it. You know, yeah. we, we, a lot of people don't do anything. They we, we moan and carry on. And mm. it's one thing with you, Rod, you're not that. You're on to it, mate. You're on to <laughs> it. There is, there's a big man at transport some days, mate, so it's good to see. Yeah. yeah. It's so, one well, thing I, yep. that we all need to look at. As well as the problems that are in the industry, you know, Rod, you've been there and, and you know how hard it can be to get change, but you do also know that change does happen. You do, and you've got to keep hoping that because otherwise then you go down that depressive path. Um, I, we, we certainly hope to get more truck drivers involved, and I've got to say, mate, I've already had a phone call from a, another driver in Dubbo who's sort of local and, and around the area, and he's got a son that's involved in mental health um, nursing. So he's, he's got a bit of a, an impact into it as well. And I can't solve everybody's problems, but 
we all know that if you're going to take a journey, you've got to make that first step. And sometimes that's the hard one. It, it's to you know talk to someone about it and then at least you're on a path. You know you're not alone. We know that a, a problem shared is a problem halved. And if you've got someone to talk to, that's really good. But there's a lot of blokes out there don't now. I'm sure you're all aware of some bloke who's, you know, lost his family and lost everything and he's living in the truck now and that's his whole life. The roadhouses aren't there. The mateship we all discussed so many times has disappeared and changed on the road. And if we don't help one another, who the hell else will? So if we can get a couple of trucks on each highway, get a few more people involved, mate, then maybe we can help somebody. Yeah, well, that'd be a good place to start, wouldn't it? We've got to talk about it. Yeah. Yes. We do have to talk about it. Yeah. But it's it's something yeah. that I've seen change, you know, where, where we don't sit around the, the roadhouses, opportunities sort of gone um, mm. to go and sit in the diner and talk to a few people. And I, I've noticed now, even when you do manage to find somewhere that you can do it, we, we've become so, I don't know the right word for it, but become such individuals in the world instead of, of um, working together. Isolated yeah. is the word. Yeah. So, and we're time poor and the fact that everybody else wants your time. And one of the things I've been saying for so long, mate, is so many of the things that affect what we do. Now, you can leave and set up a plan to do a trip. And we all know that within the first half an hour, something's gone astray. You've had a flat tyre, there's been an accident, you know, that they've changed the load and you, you've done everything in your power to plan your trip, to manage your fatigue, where I'm going to get a decent feed. Yes, I can get a good sleep there. And within half an hour, all that's turned to shit and you've got to rearrange it and, and renegotiate all those things. And everything like that is out of our power. Yeah. And it's always been the problem. There's all that, all that stuff that is completely, as you say, out of our control. And oftentimes we end up with a situation where sometimes there can be a nice big fine attached to things that happen that are out of our control. Mm. And there, <laughs> so, but nobody else, nobody else considers that, do they? It's still all our uh, fault. Yeah, no, right, that's right. But still uh, get to the same place in the same time. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, as you, as you, you said, I mean, right there. If the people that made the rules actually lived our life or actually understood what it was like for us to live our life out on the road, I think a lot a lot of things would be fixed the damn side more quickly than they are. <laughs> and and the public I honestly and, and, and I'd I'd ask your opinion on this, the public have no empathy for our job. We've never taught them how to share the road with trucks when they get a licence. And, and yeah. you've only got to look at the stats, you know, 80% aren't our fault. And yet, if it, that was something else, if we could blame 80% of crashes with one type of vehicle on, you know, let's say it was white lines just for something ridiculous, well, then mm. tomorrow they'd be out there changing the lines and there'd be yellow and pink and blue ones everywhere and there'd yeah, be yeah. so many people being involved. But what have we done... To, to stop that 80% figure from recurring every year? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think I think the industry's done a wonderful job. I mean, we, we keep having all these changes heaped on us. We keep transforming what we do. Unfortunately, the numbers don't seem to change very much. I, I suggest perhaps part of the reason why the numbers don't change very much is because 
um, people regard we regard now having a license as as a right to have a license. And I honestly believe that there are many people out there, some truckies included, that really shouldn't be driving. <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't lack, they lack the skill level, they lack the ability to do it. They do, yeah. and and we as an industry have certainly tried. And we've fought and we've jumped up and down and we've yelled and screamed and we've asked for rest areas and better roads and education about the public. And you've got to give the NHVR some credit, like some of the, the projects that they funded. Without that funding, they would never have occurred and, and some of them may well be successful and some aren't. But yeah. outside of them, you can't do it. Mate, I can't do it. And no, no. It's, the, no. it's the other side. It, we've done our part. But no one's done anything really until recently to try and educate the public about sharing the road with trucks so that they don't do those silly things and then we don't get the blame. And what if you're that poor bloke that somebody pulls straight out in front of you because in a video game the truck will stop and life will be good. You run over them and no one recognises that that truck driver simply went to work to feed his family. He did everything in his power to do the right thing and yet he could end up seeing that in his nightmares for the rest of his life and may never drive again simply yeah. because he went to work. Yeah. And no one should I, be put in that position. I, uh, I, I joined the travelling public on the highway yesterday, Rod. I'm back behind the wheel for a couple of days for a bit of a trial run. Yep. And uh, coming home this afternoon, I had a close call on the UM highway just north of Maroolan there. Um, you know, you've got all those hills and everything you're going up and down. Yep. And um, I was bearing down on a on a uh, little rigid truck quite quickly because he was struggling with the, the hill. And uh, I put my looked in the mirror, put the indicator on, nothing beside me, nothing right there. I've looked at this truck and I'm trying to gauge, you know, just assessing the distance and everything. Yep. I put the indicator on, started to move right, and there's a car sped up beside me and the only reason why he didn't get cleaned up was because I had a quick safety glance in the mirror as I was moving across the white line. I'm yes. not sure who got a bigger fright, him or me. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, you know, he he, he, uh, he did encourage me with a you know, a quick hand gesture to let me know how unimpressed he was that I didn't stand, stand on the brakes and just let him go, you know. Funny um, that, eh? They, they all seem to think that we should stop for them. It's like when they merge. They expect you to pull up 60 tonne of B-double so that yeah. they can merge at 35 kilometres an hour, and they all take offence when you don't. Yeah, well, I did uh, I did point at the big big camera hanging off the mirror, and he yep. gave me the finger again. So, you know, <laughs> they got it a twice. Different finger. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, there you go. But I'm it just, I mean, you, the thing about it is you can drive around uh, and, and I, I can tell you now, one skill I haven't lost, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be terrible if the boss ever discovers that I don't actually have Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's actually oh, a thing, isn't it? Driver Tourette's. Driver Tourette's has got to be a thing. I, <laughs> I, tell you, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a mate on the phone that's yeah. driving a truck that doesn't have part of that involved in it somewhere. Drive a terrain. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. thing. Yeah, just, yeah, it's every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Well, there's a meme that says if you don't if you don't swear while you drive, you're not paying attention. <laughs> and you realise you realise the very first dash cam was mm-hmm. actually designed and made by an Australian truck driver, right. because every time he said something to somebody, they oh this car did no nah, no nah, cars wouldn't do that, yeah, and and yeah. that that was his exact example. He said people simply don't believe what we go yeah. through. And yeah. he set it up, and I had one in, in Ken Wilkie's truck in the first one. It was a great big hard drive and cameras yeah. like you're having a security screen. But that was where it came from. And, of course, now they're, they're everywhere, eh? And, and yeah. how many blokes out there still don't have one? Because, yes, you know, you do the wrong thing, they can hang you, but, Jesus, they can save you. And I wonder how many blokes oh. still don't have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't, you know, you go, you go nowhere, nowhere without a buddy dash cam these days. I mean... Uh, we've we've installed one in my other uh, in Rose's car, one that points out the back and points out the front. Yep. And uh, you know some of the things, it's just incredibly incredibly stupid. Some of the things that people do, like you know gobsmacked is probably about the best yeah. way to describe it. Yep. And, people don't uh, believe you. Eh? <laughs> no. No. And of no. course, you know, you, you get you, you guys are dealing with this sort of thing. I take guys advisedly. Drivers yes. are dealing with this sort of thing all the time, and you know, it does get a little bit wearing the whole uh, the whole thing. And, and I was just said, who was it we were talking to the other week that we were talking about? They went into the beef at Rock Lee, and there were all the tables there, and there were no guys sitting together talking. They were all sitting at their buddy staring at their individual phone ones, and, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, someone, on said yeah, someone said it the other week. Mm. And, and, I mean, and, yeah. I, and I and I and I sort of said, "Geez, I wish you bastards would keep it down. There's too much noise in here, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and even the phone now, like yeah. you know, the UHF or the the CB was where we started, and yes, we moved to UHF. And if you've got someone travelling, you can have a conversation. But now the, the you can't even rely on the phone on the Hume, yeah, let alone yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. It's actually become no. quite bad, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> the campaign for mobile phones, and you you actually drive oh. along and you get text messages that say that, you know... Telstra up- is upgrading, yes. Yeah. I just got one of those and deleted it again, and I'm ready to ring them up and abuse them just for sending me yeah. something when the service is going backwards. Yeah, so yeah. a new tower, but you still yeah. can't make a phone call. It amazes me, you know, it seems to me that we had better service. This moment sounds a bit crazy. We couldn't watch. We couldn't watch the internet, or yeah, you, know, you couldn't watch Netflix when you were driving longer. You didn't have the displays, but, mm. but you could make a phone call on analog. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was uh, just yeah. got right. It was just coming good when they shut it down, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I actually had a trial phone when the digital first came out, <clears throat> and yeah. um, I was out near Moree. It was over harvest time, and I actually got a phone call from the, the Telstra people that had given it to me, and. They're asking about the phone and what I thought. And I said, well, it's terrific. I said, I can watch movies and do this and do that. And I said, but there's one problem with it. I can't make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the old CDMA one sitting next to it, it was fine. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, look out. If anyone's listening, apparently there's a big one had a bit of a crash down near Gunning not long ago. Yeah. Right. Is, is the highway closed? No, it doesn't appear to be closed. We just need to take care down there. Right. They're cleaning up. They're cleaning up, apparently. Yeah. So where are you off to yeah. tonight, Rod? 
Oh, I loaded out of Melbourne, back to Dubbo, get a couple of little jobs done tomorrow and into Brisbane for Friday and not quite sure from there yet. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, that'll keep you out of trouble Ooh. for us tonight then, won't it? Yes, yes. Well, mate, I'm, I'm hoping there was a, a press release out, so I see we've got a bit of TV coverage on it as well. Mm. Uh, and, well, um, yeah, the hope is that uh, one way or another we can help someone. Someone might be a little bit more aware and someone might take that first step. And, yes, you never know what might happen, eh? Mm. Yeah. No, so we've we'll, got a lot of good press look. out there, Rod. At the moment, there's uh, quite a lot of coverage for you on seeing your wonderful picture holding a GME handset uh, everywhere across the interweb. Hmm. Yeah, well, we can, we, can say the, we can say the opposition's name. There's a story just been posted about about the whole thing on uh, Big Rigs. My mate James, obviously, editor of Big Rigs magazine, has decided that uh, your story's worthy of uh, getting out to the public. Oh. Uh, yes, the loaner driver will have it as well. And so, yeah, well, yeah. that's it. It's, I've got to say, mate, that the one thing um, that I've always done has been industry-based. Um, you know, I've, I've always been given a fair go because most of the stuff I do, as much as I would like everybody to donate and help me win the lotto, um, everything else is sort of done, even the same with the rest areas. And it, it's as frustrating as hell that it's taken us so long. And, and I do hope that we, with the, the rest area committee and, you know, with the NRFA and with a few other things that are kicking along, that we will kick some goals. Uh, I'm writing up a list, gentlemen, of four things, and I'm going. It'll be in my column in Owner Driver um, next month, and I'm yeah. going to send that to every other trucking association in Australia, and ask mm. their support. Now we did the same thing in COVID, and they all said it was fantastic. We never heard from them again. Mm. So you know, you've got to give me at least an A for effort. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we do. A plus from us, Rod. <laughs> A plus. Thanks, mate. Good A idea. A plus. Thank you, A plus. Well, you get an A plus from here, from us at Truck and Life and on the road radio. Yeah. You know, you know the, the trouble with it is we've had a we've had a, a few discussions of you know, well, mate, Rod about some funny things that we've done, like how blue was my singlet, you know, and 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 life seems to get in the way, you know. We sort of. <laughs> we, um, we, we might just have on. to go cheap, Mike. We might have to go cheap, and I'll read it out and, and tape it for you, and you can put the first one up, and if they all bag it, we'll give up then, and if they like it, we'll produce some more. <laughs> oh, oh surely surely we can all get in the studio here somewhere one day. and We'll do it. We'll do it. Year round for Casino Rock Truck, though, we'll do it then. We'll do a first season of our blue was my skin, mate. Uh, I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. I'd like to get Wrong there. Answer. Yeah, I know, yes, I know. It's always the wrong yes. answer. I've got everybody wants me to go everywhere and I just can't get to everything, as you all well know. And I'm going to try a little bit out of our way at the moment. But, um, look, if I can, we can tie something up there. And if I can't, then we will have to make plans. Mm. All right. Well, we'll have to see how you go. Yes. Right on. Well, now, Rob, the other... Yeah, sorry, go. Well, that's OK. I, I was just going to say, the other question is, Rob, what colour do you want that steering wheel? Uh, dark blue and light blue, mate. Whatever you can do. Dark blue and light blue. Would you like a Would you like a blue pearl sort of a thing or what? Oh yes, yes, yes. A dark blue pearl around the outside and a bit of light blue on the inside of something. It is a a smart wheel, of course. As you've, I was looking yeah. at one at um, Hallam today. They had a black one there. That was no good. They had a blue one, but it wasn't a smart wheel one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep it in your pants, mate. I'm working on it. <laughs> no, no, I trust you, mate. Yeah, you know me. I, I wait a long time for a lot of things, and yeah, uh, some things take longer than others, mate. But I'm I'm persistent and uh, very patient. <laughs> That's all right. But uh, no, look, I'm looking forward to catching up with you again. Actually, it's about time we, we did do a bit of this stuff. I've got a I've got a spot on the podcast for you, mate. I would like wouldn't mind getting getting on to talk about this in a little bit more detail on the show. So. Yes. You can do that down the track. Let us know. No, well, I appreciate, the, appreciate that, gentlemen. Um, good luck, of course. You've got the magazine on print. I did see it the other day on the press. So looking yeah. forward to that coming out. It's all happening. It's getting very close. Yep. Yeah, very close. Thank you, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. It's good. It's, uh, it's been a labour of love. <laughs> Hopefully we can do all right with Yes. Yes, yes. And, and, and of course, you, you, I know that you like some uh, competition, so if we're doing the right thing, we should, of course, mention Kenworth Down Under being back out. I know that you're a great fan well, of Howard and what he does. Yeah, no, old mate Howard Shanks has been doing that. We had a bit of a, a bit of a chat there with uh, talking about what Howard was doing oh, a few weeks ago now. Yep. Um, but but oh, it's a few weeks, probably a couple of months ago now, we talked about it. I've had a, had a chat with with Howard, I've tried to get him to come on the on the show and have a bit of a have a, have a few words. He's a bit reticent. He's, he's a much better writer than he is a talker, apparently. Ah, uh, there you uh, go. Yes, yes. Well, of course, his is only available online. You've got to go looking for it. But since yeah. it was what it was been seven or eight years since Kenworth Down Under was out, yeah, and there's probably blokes right. have still got those ones. I still got four or five of them at home. Like I've got some copies yeah. of Truck and Life. So yeah, well, uh, yes. Well, Howard and I share a column with our mates over the ditch in a New Zealand trucking magazine. Oh, uh, very Howard, good. Howard will write one and I write the other. You know, we sort of take it in turns. It's called Aussie Angles. It's in the New Zealand trucking magazine. Um, the last one I did was about that electric truck down in um, in Mount Gambia. But yeah, oh, right. there you go. Yes, well, going overseas, there's a couple of studies happening in England at the moment on uh, truck driver health and stuff, and I've contacted them to see where that all goes and to offer a, a point of view if they're interested. So it's good to see someone else doing it. Um, yeah. Haven't seen a great deal of change in the States at the moment. Uh, that's sort of been you know, where they were talking about, uh, of course, over there, their ELDs were made mandatory. And yep. that was in 2018. And when it was done, they promised all these benefits and reductions in crashes and yeah. saving of lives. And, of course, uh, none of that has transpired. Yep. But the fact that they made them mandatory meant that everybody had to comply. And some of the comments were that from the day you turn them on, you're running. Well, we're already doing that because we have safety cam and all of those things that they don't generally have over there. We yep. have our national camera network. And aren't you happy that $70 million out of that RSRT money went to that so that they could watch us every minute of every day on every road and every load? So that'll be interesting yeah. to see. And I know that it, I'm sure that you would be believing of this, Mike, when they say those cameras will never be used for enforcement. You'd believe that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, so, that's right, yeah. And Santa will be here soon, and the Tooth Fairy looks after you every week as well, doesn't he? Oh, That's definitely. right, mate. It all, it, all go, it all rings around on best, you know, thoughts and prayers and uniform fairy dust and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so that's how it all works, mate. I know. I, I, I just know it. 
You know, the other thing that's happening over there in the States, which I'm finding wildly amusing, they've been talking about in, uh, in Overdrive magazine, they're, they're, they're talking about speed limiting trucks now, making that yes. mandatory. Yes, and well, it has been what, in Canada. Yeah, well, has it has it, been has in it, Canada for a couple of years, yeah. yeah. Hasn't it hit the fan over there? There, there, oh, are right. out, there are studies out now that actually prove that speed limiting trucks actually make them less safe, believe that or not. Mm. Well, over there, oh. the limits are all different. Like some, some states have the limits the same for cars and trucks. Yep. yep. And, and of course, the one thing, and again, I mentioned Ken Wilkie before, that one of the things he's always talked about is, is truth in reporting and that sort of stuff in, you know, how many blokes are actually pinged or have an accident when technically they're legal. So yep. it only shows how, how faulty the book is in some ways. Yeah. And, and yes, it's black and white and they don't give us the flexibility and we, we do hope our HBNL review will one day change that. But the mm. other thing is traffic friction. So one yeah. of those four things that I'm asking about, how many states at the moment do you know allow road trains to do 100 kilometres an hour? Well, uh, no. from the west... No, no, from Western Australia you're around to. Northern Territory... West. South Australia, west and uh, west and north of Port Augusta, you're allowed to do 100. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, well, that's it. How do you know? Why is one road 90 and one road 100? Like, that's even stupider. And the road yeah, that's 90 Australian rule. is a safer road. The road that's 90 is a safer road than the road you're allowed to do 100 on. Victoria's yeah. 100. But now yeah. we've got all these PBS A-doubles and B-triples and A-B-quad said things. And actually, just as a funny aside, I was sitting at Trangy the other night. Right. And a B Quinn stock crate went past. Yep. And I thought, no, no, I mustn't have seen that properly. Hang on, that can't be right. Uh, but no, he was definitely definitely went past with his three A and a B, and I think he might have been just a tad over his thirty six and a half somehow. Just Maybe he was bit. hoping that nobody noticed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, no, just a bit. Yes, but you know now nobody knows, and my permit says I can do a hundred. And I was up going into Brisbane one night, and there was an A double overtaking a road train, and of course they got into a big fist fight over the radio about you can't do that. Yes, I can. My permit says I can. Where does it say that? And of course, you know now we don't know, and yeah. they don't know, and it's time yeah. that we got it sorted and made it a little bit more simple to understand and be compliant with, rather than this one can and this one can't. It's pretty simple in Queensland and New South Wales. You can only do 90 in an A-double. That's right. Yes, but in a B-triple now, you're allowed to do 100 in Queensland because they've said that they're a stronger accommodation, but not in New South Wales. Yeah. No, he's right. He's right about that. And then you go to the territory. That that ties in the fact that some combinations in South Australia have got to have a long vehicle sign on the front. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, or a road train. And they used to have to stop at the border and change the signs. Like, yeah, cost them, Don't yeah, we live in Australia? Four yeah. Change or three changes of signs there at one point when you're going across Australia on a B-triple. Yeah. yeah. Three changes in signs. Apparently, you need, to take, um, you need to take dangerous goods signs off too before you go through the St. Helena Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> the same pulled up there all the time doing it. It must be a new thing, isn't it? No, it must be a new thing. He's just remembered that he forgot to take it off or not oh, yet forgot to turn that. it around. That's what it That'd is. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we wouldn't have thing. any truck drivers doing anything illegal like that. No, no, no. no. It's only class one that you, you, you're not allowed to go through the St. Leonard Tunnel. You're, I think it might be class, yeah, class one, I think it is. 
Yeah, you, you know, it, it, so, I mean, truck drivers are talking old old war stories and that, but I'll give you an old war story. Back in the day, coming in through uh, the Swan Valley in Perth, you used to have a curfew on the Swan Valley. Yeah. And it was like 5 o'clock on a Sunday. You, could, you yeah. weren't allowed to take a road train through there until 5 o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so everyone did the same thing. Pulled up at Ginger's, turned the road train to a long vehicle and drove through. Yeah. I was sitting in the gate and pads one night and, and of course, all these A-doubles were driving past me and, and, and that was before we had the big um, parking bay area. This is when we only had the old pads where you had six spots either side. And, of course, yeah. as soon as you couldn't get in there, you had to wait and queue up and luckily one bloke moved out. And, and honestly, except for the fact that I had a trailer doubled up, everyone else going past, and, and most of the motorists wouldn't have had a clue. If it had long vehicle on it, they wouldn't have known. Like, they're not going to get out and measure me. And, yes, yeah. I, I understand the new ones have some of the newer technology, but realistically, I don't see why we can't have road trains, even if you limit it to type one, where it's 36 and a half metres, doing 100 on most highways. Mm. Because an A-double can... And then you're going to have all the A-doubles queued up trying to pass a road train that's doing the right thing at 90. Yeah, well, the, 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 the study, this study that I was looking at from the States shows that the, the trucks being speed limited at different speeds, particularly when that speed is more than 10 kilometres an hour, less different, than yep. what the, the car speed is on the same piece of road, yes. that, in, that, that increases the, the, uh, the interactions between the vehicles and therefore offers more opportunity for the silly little overtaking actions like nearly happened to me today. Yeah, it's called uh, traffic friction. And it is, friction. they have done studies on it that proves that it, it actually increases the number of crashes because it increases yeah. the number of those instances happening. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the thing that I've never, ever, ever found sensible about speed limiting is that why are we so obsessed with this 100? I mean, the, the reality of it is, is yes, when they go ass overhead at 100, it creates a big mess. There's no doubt about that. But they also create a mess at 80. They create a mess at 70. I mean, there's nothing to stop me apart from the fact that I'm a normal, sensible, reasonable human being not doing 100 through a school zone because there's nothing to stop me. Hmm. You know? Well, other than the what... tickets and, and the stupidity of it, yes. <laughs> well, but you know what I'm saying. What, what I I'm do, saying I do. Is that, you know, and, and we and we allow uh, P-platers to drive around. You can go and get your licence as a P-plater with no experience driving at all, and yet we trust them to drive a vehicle that isn't speed limited. But blokes like all four of us talking to you now, we've all done more than a million kilometres each, I'm damn sure, you know, mm. um, I can't be trusted to, you know, maybe roll over to 103. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you're looking at highways like the Hume Highway and the new highway up the coast, particularly, you know, there's no reason at all why we can't be going a little bit quicker. And I and I don't understand why it is that we've we've forced this sort of thing on ourselves. And you know, with this increased uh, friction, as you said, I mean, think about the productivity increase. Think about how much okay. easier it would be for guys to comply with their logbooks, etc. Yeah, even even if you were allowed to sort of you know roll down the bottom of the hill a little bit, like and and use use less yeah. brakes and less fuel to get up the other side. But I'll tell you why we can't have it, Mike. We oh, had a national on, speeding summit in two thousand and three. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, I know that you'll be shocked that there was only one truck driver there, as per <laughs> usual. Okay. It happened to be right. me, of course. And I got yeah. up and I explained to the audience of all the government bodies and, and all the people that were about and all the road safety experts that, you know, I'd done the right thing. I'd followed his caravan sitting at 80, and in those days caravans were limited to 80. Finally yeah. found a safe spot to overtake and, of course, pulled out to overtake and then I couldn't do more than 100 to get past him safely, even if I was going downhill because I could get knocked off. And yeah. I said, I believed that we should be able to do, you know, the same speeds as cars, like 110 on the Hume, for example, if the road suited yeah. it. And yeah. I sat down and there was a gentleman from what at that stage was called the RTA. Yeah. And he said to me, while ever we catch blokes doing a forty-seven on the dipper, don't ever bother yeah. asking again. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that, that's, he's a bloke that was in charge of heavy vehicles at the time. Yeah, well, the, the problem with that is, is while ever we catch dickheads doing 200 kilometres an hour in cars, why yep. aren't cars speed limited? <laughs> yeah, it's because people yeah. wouldn't wear it. Cars. I remember Peter Brock coming out and saying, because there was a conversation about cars being speed limited at one point. Yes. Um, Peter Brock came out and said, oh, no, that wouldn't be safe. We couldn't do that. And of course, Peter Perfect said it. So it didn't happen. Yes. I just got a text but, message uh, from uh, from my old mate Bob McMillan, and he just said to me, Dr. Dawn Linkletter reported on speed differentials, traffic friction in 1984. Mm. Yep. So, you know, it's a discussion. So we, we need to mount a campaign. We need to mount a campaign to at least get it up yeah. to 100. I don't think that that's unreasonable. I don't think yeah. that there's a risk. I think that there is safety benefits, and yeah. I think it would make it a hell of a lot easier out on the highway. Well, it just seems weird to me. You hook a 53-foot trailer up behind a prime mover, all of a sudden you're only allowed to do 90. <laughs> you know, I mean, they want to run these bigger combinations, but they don't want to pay blokes by the hour to drive them. They want to pay them. You know, three or four or six, five cents more to drive these things than you get paid to drive a B-double or a single, you know, and, yeah. and you know, get 40 bucks a leg to drive these bloody great big trucks. Um, but all of a sudden, we're not, we don't, we're not capable of being able to actually judge our speed. I mean, there is just so much wrong with the, with the thought process that goes into this road safety conversation. Um, you know, I would like to be able to... I'm not, I'm not saying I know all, all of this. All I'm saying is that in my experience, some of the stuff that we see lacks logic. But do you know, again, logic. there's a reason for that in that 97 or 99% of the time when all of those people sit down to discuss those things, who's missing? Mm. Well, we it's are. always us. We're not invited, we're not included, we're not recognised and we're certainly not listened to. Mm. And whilst I've tried, I've actually had the B-double on display at the Australasian College of Road Safety. Um, I've done a submission there on this, that and the other. And, and you know, I just tried to, to get a, a job in their executive there. And, and one of the people said to me, geez, it'd be nice to have someone with actual on-road experience. That'd be good. You know, we've got some really good academic people with all the qualifications you can name. But how yeah. many of them have done five and six million kilometres and seen it every day? And until we yeah. get a say, we're going to be over overshadowed and, and ignored, I fear. And I, yeah. I don't want to be negative. And, and I certainly haven't given up. Yeah. But it's just another thing, isn't it? 
all it is. So I've just had another text message from, from uh, someone else. They've said the reason why they limited speed is the force transferred into the light vehicle. One of the US states did a study recently to increase the speed limit, and it was denied because of the exponential increase of force applied to a small vehicle on impact. The logic behind that is, is if you, if you look at things now, um, where accidents where drivers get killed now, and it's unfortunate when anyone loses their life on the highway, um, the, to say that we can't go any faster because they'll be, what, will they be any less dead? Will they be any more alive? To, to be more to the point. If we, yes. uh, you know, I mean, we can't, we can't live our lives in cotton wool. No, the cars, are, the cars are safer now than they've ever been, and so are the trucks. So and then we had some of the technology before the cars even. Hmm. And, and, mate, we could have no road deaths tomorrow as long as we had no one on the road. Well, that, yeah, that's about the only way. It, it? Yeah. Well, That'll I, solve I, it. I, I, I really do want to know. I've got to get hold of Adam Gibson and find out. Adam Gibson's the former risk assessment engineer. He's had a job change. A job title change. He's still with MTI though, and he's still doing the uh, Natasi reports. Yep. I want to know what the difference is now from when we were in the COVID situation and people weren't driving around. Because yes. I know the accident rates went down. I wonder yep. if they've gone back up. And I'm pretty but, sure but, that they have. But, but and, Adam will have the data on that. So each of you, when, when we were on the road during COVID, yes, we got treated like shit, and, and I've certainly complained about that. Yeah. But how many of you noticed even more car drivers doing stupid stuff? Because yeah. there was less cars, and you would have thought, Jesus, and, and like I even had blokes say, going into Melbourne, there's no traffic, this is fantastic, this should be on all the time. Yeah. But then the number of people in cars, even when there was less traffic, still doing stupid stuff and i could never fathom it do you all agree that that happened yeah, absolutely you can't absolutely fix, you can't fix stupid no no you can't no, and you can't, can't legislate against it either unfortunately <laughs> yeah. eh? no, no you can't talking talk about road trains and speed limits and stuff like that i'll chuck one into the mix here what if so what if you know road trains were kept at 90 and then singles or b-doubles went to 110 Oh yeah, dude! Everybody. No, that's worse. See, then you that's then you've worse. got a twenty k difference between those groups. Uh, that's even worse. Yeah. Look, and, and I, if, I, how many of you have towed a triple? And and like you know, the territory you go to WA, you can tow a triple at a hundred. Yeah. And and given that it's set up well and the road is okay. Honestly, yeah. it, it, it certainly puts that bit of weight on you, like, you know, that bit of pressure on you to watch it or not watch it or what you're doing. Yeah, but if yeah, you've I... done that and then you come back to a single at 100, you come back to, a, you know, you drop one off and you come back to your, your type one road train, two trailers at 36 and a half. My God, it's like the difference between driving, you know, a, a B-double and a single or something. It just, it's so easy when you get rid of that third one. And that's yeah. why I say, if we offered up, you know, okay, let's keep it to, to type one in those other states for now. You're not going to be running triples in Victoria and, and South Australia for a little while. So, but if we can get the type one up and then we worry about the other later on, leave the other states where they are, we know why they stay with that because they reckon their plan works. Yeah. But, uh, but we have to be more proactive. You, you agree that we all let them do this stuff, you know, the camera network, safety cam, we've never been able to fight it. 
But the yeah. one thing, Mike, when they wanted to bring it in in cars, every car driver said no. Yeah. But they don't recognise us for what we do. And, and I'll yeah. ask you another question, and I said this on radio today. Yeah. I said, I honestly believe our industry is not recognised for the lives we save. We're certainly castigated mm -hmm. and hung out to dry when, when we kill somebody, and, and that's not what we go to do, and we don't want it to happen at all. But we've never been recognised for the lives we save because we try and anticipate stupid and we try and expect things to go wrong. And yeah. you can't do it all the time, but every one of us looks down the road. We can see further. You know, we, we know those things are going to happen. But have yeah. you ever heard anybody give us credit for that? No, no, I never have. And that, and, and that basically just proves proves the point of what you're saying. You know, we we uh, we are continually uh, being blamed for things that happen. The 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 thing one of the things that's disturbing me at the moment is these guys that are getting all over the coals for their you know their their height breaches yep. um, with the tunnels and things, but they have no they've got no escape route. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I look, I, I fully agree that guys that willfully you know don't know their height, some guy with a backhoe or something like that that you know drives in and tears down. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of infrastructure. He deserves a, a clip up the air, a huge fine and a suspension. But someone who drives in and accidentally sets off a body, a a a height measurement sensor because he's got got a zippy tie sticking up the front. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Absol you know, absolutely amazing, amazing to me that this sort of thing is allowed to go on. We're making examples of the wrong people in the wrong circumstances. But that, I mean, we've got away vastly from what we got you on to talk about, which is <laughs> mental health thing. That's what happens when we take advantage of someone. We've just taken advantage of you, mate. We've, you've been used and abused here. You've answered so many well, other Well, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way at all, mate. And look, I appreciate you giving me the voice. And it's funny, I've had two people say, well, what about your mental health, Rod? Who's looking after you? And, yeah, of course, my right. answer to that has been that I've made this a hobby and a passion I do all these other things and not everybody's that way inclined and nor do I expect them to be. But mm. if you don't have something else, if you don't have family at home, if you don't have good mates, if you don't have a hobby and you're yeah. out here and you've got all that time on your own, yeah. then those things can build up on you. And, and that's why the initiative is there to, uh, mm. to give another option, to maybe give you a chance to take that first step if you really need help because it's all on our shoulders out here, isn't it? And it's only getting worse in some ways, I fear. Yeah, yeah well, you're right about that. I just want to just say to you, mate, I mean, you know my phone number. If you ever want to ring up and just talk, you know my number, any time of the day or night. Yep, I no, no I appreciate anyone, that, mate. Anyone who's got my number can do the same thing except for the tech guy. So, hey, I've got <laughs> your other number. I know where to get hold of you anyway. Yeah. If I can't get hold of you, I'll ring Rose and say, go and wake him up. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. and, and I had a, I did uh, ring a mate a while ago because we started this thing, actually wrote about it, and it was about ring a mate. So what yep. I'm going to ask, every single bloke out there that's listening, yep. if there's a mate you haven't spoken to for two years and you yep. don't know where he is or what he's doing, yep. ring one bloke. Even if you do it, you know, once a week, once a month, doesn't matter, but you ring one bloke 
that you haven't spoken to for two years and you say, mate, just ring it up to check, see how you're going, getting on. And I tell you what, you will help somebody just by doing that. Yeah. yeah. Even ever done it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, how are you feeling, Rod? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite funny. You know what, you want to know what the best part about that is, too, though. You can ring someone as a mate of yours or a friend, at least, you haven't spoken to for a couple of years, and you can have the conversation like you spoke to each other last week. That's right. Yes, yes. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing but without it, a couple of old truckies, eh? Oh, but without that, you can feel alone, eh? Mm. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, you know, we're isolated, and that's the problem. And it's modern society. We don't yes. we don't look after each other enough. We don't care about each other enough. And sometimes, sometimes people fall through the cracks, and that's a tragedy every time it happens. Mm. And we're certainly not the only industry that's affected. We're not saying that we're special in that regard. We're the only people that have a problem. That's not the case at all. But mm. we are the only people that live this lifestyle, that travel the highways full time, that can't get up a toilet that, that can't find somewhere decent to go to sleep and all those things and have all those other people telling us how to do it. Mm. I don't know anybody else in that position. So we've got to help one another because if we don't, nobody else will. That's right. That's it. That is exactly right. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Well, Rod, it's been great having you on and it's such <clears> a good <throat> initiative, um, this one. So uh, we we'll support that with GME and... ROC, a great, um, two great rural outreach counselling. Yeah, yes. And do uh, do yourself a favour. I'd have a look at Perth now. They've got a really good ride up there about Perth now. Okay, mate. Oh, good on you, mate. Thank you. I yeah. certainly will. Yeah. All right, eh? Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Rod. All right, gentlemen. I'm going to eat some tea and hit the highway. Right, eh? Thank good you, on you mate. All the best. Right, so yeah. Bye. Safe travelling to all, gents. Yeah. Well, we might yeah, go to a bit right. of a tune. Why not? Might be, I don't know. I don't know. What do you What do you call that uh, truck of yours over there, Yogi? That that black one. House every weekend. Hey, house <laughs> every <laughs> weekend. You <laughs> got it. No compromise. I think it's called. Cool. You got it. Is it really? Oh, no compromise. Yeah, no, there you go. No compromise. There you go. The proper name. Yeah, this is like Tony's dog. The actual proper name of my truck is no compromise. No compromise. Mm. Yeah, yep. that's right. The whole, there's a whole truck and more story for that. There it is. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to go to a song called Black Betty because I only just heard it this afternoon and oh. I thought, that's that's, oh. that's right. So. <laughs> no, I thought you might have been a unicorn. I thought it might have been one of those big glam rock bands from the 80s. I don't, I don't know unicorn. a unicorn song. If anyone knows a unicorn. No, I didn't know it was a song. Well, I didn't even I know it was know a band called Unicorn. So. I know. Anyway, I'm going to play Ram Jam. Ram Jam. Ram Jam.
we're back, everybody. We're back. Back, Mike. We're nearly back. back we're back. <clears throat> We're right, back. we're back. So have I got to talk louder? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, talk louder. Yeah. Right, yeah. I talk louder. Stop being a fool. Right, I'm always, I couldn't get a word in. I was, uh, I was very much entrenched in the conversation. Yeah, Mike just took over everything. I'm sorry. Rod, Rod's good. Rod's yeah. good. Uh, he's definitely a good speaker and uh, definitely good for the industry. That's a good thing. I, I didn't know anything about that, so that's the fantastic thing. That's what Rod's gone through. So, yeah. yeah. Call up Channel 24 and say good day. Yeah. Oh, yep. Tell him what you're thinking. Yep. So, Mike, I booked mm. me tickets yesterday. Did you? For the Hall of Fame. Yep. Been so both. I thought they'd come down in price, you know. But, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, no. We still, no it's still the same price they were a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, we, we've made so sure we, we, had to, we had to lock a few things in. To, yeah, which way are you going? Oh. <sighs> Across the top, you know, just straight out there. <laughs> what are you going to fly direct? Have you got a direct flight? I don't know. We fly from Ballina. I don't know. You're flying from Ballina. Yep. I'm pretty sure that won't be a direct flight, dude. No, yeah, we well, charter a plane. Yeah. You charter a plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. We go through. You put that on the truck and life credit card, did yep. you? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you said to do. <laughs> You said get out there any way possible. That's, that was that's the right. only way possible. Mm. <laughs> so that's all good. It's we're short notice. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, we're going through big Sydney town. Okay. Yeah. Got a, got a five day Dallas, stopover in Sydney. A five day stopover in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> um, a casino, a few other things we're going to there. Um, right. Since we're on a card, why not? Right. Why yeah. not? Yeah, you poor yeah. thing. Yeah. No, quick stop there and <clears throat> straight from Sydney out. Um, yeah, so we've got that. What, but you, so you got a direct flight from Sydney to Alice? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's, not, it's not a VA flight. No, uh, right, eh? That's, that's the difference, you see. It better not be a Jetstar flight. Oh, we'll probably never get there, eh? That's right. <laughs> well, you've booked it. You've got the idea of getting there, whether you actually get there or not. The whole another story. Yeah, uh, and if the look, idea if they is don't there. get you there, and you've got to spend the next three months trying to get a refund, well, that's, that's, that's right. The modern that's world we're in. That's right. That's right. So now yeah. we're heading out there. We've got, um, I believe, we've got all our guests looked after. We do. We do indeed. We. We've had uh, some very generous, generous support from uh, Centurion with the help of our good friend Glenn Stirl, mm. and uh, uh, another another chap, Rob, has basically kicked in five hundred bucks to go and um, do a little bit of support. And uh, I believe I believe our I believe another fellow's kicked in a, a few hundred as well. Yeah, TBI, Mark Brown. Thank you, Mark, oh, if you're listening. Um, um, yeah. Some support there, so that's been great, so that we can assist um, people getting out there. And so uh, we've got the uh, three surviving men of the leadership group at at, uh, Razorback going out there. Ted Stevens is going to be represented by his son, Ben, and daughter, Kelly, and uh, uh, Don, uh, Don... Colin Bird will be represented by his daughter, Donna. 
And uh, we can't find anyone that knows anything about Jack Hibbard. Jack Hibbard's been missing. Like I was having a look in a uh, the tenth anniversary trucking life um, only a little while ago, and Jack's been missing since then. Really? Yeah. So no one knows. He just sort of faded into obscurity. So if there's anyone out there that knows where Jack Hibbert's gone, please, please, please get onto him if you can. And let him know that we'd like to talk to him, in a, but in a good way, you know. Because you know, if you're related to Jack or can, anyone can shed any light on what's happened to him, I mean, I'd just like to know. I'd like to know, you know, where where he's finished up or what's going on, because it's one of those open questions. Um, there's just there's so much going on out there on that weekend. It's really, really looking forward to it. You're not going to be there though. You know, you're going to be over at. Uh, over at the uh, thing over in Western Australia, aren't you? Having a yeah, but we we've that's one of the biggest times of the year for us uh, when uh, when the Hall of Fame's on. So no, no for me, but uh, quite capable hands. I'll pass the keys over to the driving wheel of Truck of Life, and uh, no doubt I'll get plenty of pictures and stories and a thousand different text messages. So why weren't you there? Well, while I was there, I was home making money. That's mm. what I'll be doing. So yeah, I'll text yeah, you before ten o'clock. Oh yeah, this is this is Craig. This is Craig having his first drink, and right. this is Craig having his forty-eighth drink. But but so, no, yeah. I won't text you after ten o'clock. I'll leave that yeah. up to Mike because he's a professional at texting yeah, at three o'clock. Yeah, that's in the right. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. how I roll. That's mm. right. That's how I roll. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, I, I know I will. I mean, I'm going to burst your bubble, but I won't reply after that. <laughs> I'm going so, oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to go out to the Hall of Fame, it's the uh, last weekend in August. Um, I know that there is still a little bit of accommodation out there available. There are a few tickets out there. Um, it's a big week. It's a big weekend. You really, if you're involved in transport, um, you can just go out there and have a bit of a look and, and see what's going on. There's the Transport Women Australia Limited breakfast on the Friday morning. There is the races on Friday at lunchtime. There's the truckies uh, breakfast for the uh, Razorback celebration on Saturday morning. There is the induction ceremonies about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And there is a fabulous dinner going on uh, on Saturday night, which they're calling the Red Ball. Um, and that is uh, once again put on by Transport Women Australia Limited. It is to uh, celebrate the Dream Maker, I think it is, award that they're giving to some ladies out there on the day. And obviously the uh, the uh, inductees to the Hall of Fame and the History Makers Award guys will be there as well. Um, there's a lot of things going on. And if you get a chance to go out there, it's like Mecca for truckies. Go out there and have a look. Some of the best preserved old rigs in the country out there and some of the places, some of them you won't see anywhere else. Mm. There are, you know, so few of them surviving. Um, I've just got a text message saying there are other people that have been trying to, to uh, have been trying to find bloke named Graham Goulding who led the blockade at Mount Kringai, uh, disappeared without a trace. So many people just fell off the face of the earth um, after the after the blockade. Um, 
there's a lady that's been doing the research out there at the uh, Hall of Fame and has been trying to trying to interview people. It's amazing, amazing how many people uh, were involved in the thing. Thousands of stories, and uh, we'd like to tell a few of them. So, if you're out there or you're at one of the other sites, please feel free to get in contact with me, because I'm certainly in the process of writing a book about it. And um, yeah, there you go. Where were you in 1979, Yogi? 79. <laughs> I was I was growing up in Orbos and. Uh... The grand young age of three. You were three in Orbos. Yep. Yeah, in <laughs> so 1979. Yep. So, so you had. So you I, had, had, I would have been terrorising my mum, and Dad would have been driving log trucks, and Mum would have been milking cows, and I would have been just an absolute terrible kid on the farm. Yeah. Easy, yeah. never in trouble, just always something to do. Want, want to be outside, want to be doing stuff. So that yeah. would have been me back in 1979. Been, yeah. been a little angel. Yeah. Oh, just busy. I loved it being on the farm, growing up milking cows. Like, how good is it? You know, like, what a what a life. And Dad was driving my truck, so what a what a time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually something. You, it's second to none, eh? I reckon. Growing up on a farm. Yeah, growing yep. up on a farm. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, the uh, the Hall of Fame is a sacred place, or to many. And, uh, you know, it's become a, this whole thing's become a bit of a passion project for me. Mm. Um, you know, we need to preserve the history because once these guys move on, the history's gone. We've got to record the stories. It's getting a bit late. Mm. You know, we need to, we need to do it. And the Hall of Fame really, I mean, it's a central repository of all of the information, all of the stories. There are plenty of other places around that, that, where there are particular particular pieces of trucking history. I mean, um, Liz Martin's got that uh, uh, stories from the Road Museum down at, at uh, Port Piri. There are other places as well uh, up in the up in the Diamantina and that where Toots uh, Alzheimer's trucks preserved. I mean, so there are places, there are little places all over Australia where you can find some transport history. Um, but the Hall of Fame is where the bulk of it ends up uh, eventually, I think. And, uh, you know, we don't... It, even if it's just photos and and things like that, I mean, have a think about... Have a, have a think about it if you... You know, if you're looking through your... your if you're a bloke sitting out there and you're looking through your, your stuff, then have a think about what you're going to do with it, where it's going to end up. And, and make the decision yourself, you know. It, um, it is such a worthwhile place to go and visit, though. Um, yeah. When we were out there, the kids and Blondie, I think, by the end of the day, were saying, come on, you get out of here. But, but even that, they've got the train thing there, too. And, and um, yeah. it's just yeah. there's so much to see, you know. Yeah. So if, yeah. if anybody's doing that round trip or, or whatever, call in and have a look. It's, it's yeah. well worth a day there. Yeah, well, so there's like, like there's other places as well, like Winton and Move and and uh, what else? What else? Can you think of any others, Yogi? No. Is there one over in Western Australia? I know uh, that. Uh, what um, truck museum? Well, it's one at Catanning. Yeah, <laughs> it's a museum at Catanning. <laughs> the nineties museum. That's all about the mid nineties, nineties and mid nineties, uh, <laughs> which is Amanda's music taste. So that's just. Plays in quite nicely. Um, 
There's one well, thing that's that's down at Bunbury. There's a down Bunbury Way, Brunswick. I think there's a truck. Truck there's, something down there. I just I can't be sure. Well, there's there's a, there's something else at Gundagai apparently. I've just been told. But that's there's, not what you're Sorry, that's not Western Australia. No, no, no. But there's no. a park. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. There's a like a car museum. But when I was over in Perth, I went to and had a look at it. It's just up by oh, York. Top. There's a motoring museum, a history motoring history museum at York. Yep. yep. And of course, there's the Birdwood Museum. Yeah. Um, that's where the Leyland brothers, one of the Leyland brothers, Land Rovers, the Bird, Birdwood Museum. Um, there's just so many places where, you know, there's, a, there's one of the Chuka as well, but that's cars. Um, yeah. Uh, all over the place. Mm. All over the place. We, we need to sort of look at the preserving the history. That's all I can say. Well, there's mm. all certainly well worth a look. Yep. Um, what else? Today. So you... Um... You any hot news for us tonight there, Mike? Oh, mate, there's always. You're desperate, eh? No, I'll tell you what, though. I, I, um, late yesterday afternoon, I was yeah. flicking through something on on Facebook and I had a, a story about how the uh, they'd cancelled the, the, the Commonwealth Games. Oh, And I yeah. just thought, geez, they put some shit on this thing. And then I wake up this morning and I'm watching, watching Channel Nine. He's and he's, and they've actually cancelled the Commonwealth Games. The Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah. Thought, Can you... a, a bold move, I thought, but they're saving some coins, so that's probably not a bad thing, you know. We all all have to buy a few less cartons of beer a year or something, you know, to sometimes save a bit of money. But, yeah. Oh, geez, coming out with all the promises. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's just, I mean. Dan, or the Dan's the Dan's ears get bigger every time you look at his picture. They, it looks like it, maybe his nose doesn't grow, just his ears. Are you insinuating he's a bit like Pinocchio? <laughs> oh no! Well, <laughs> he's got to be a fairly resilient bugger, though, doesn't he? Like, uh, resilient. Imagine I coming out. In other words, imagine coming out in front of the whole population saying, "Oh, we just keen the Commonwealth Games." Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I did do a favour. I did you a favour. Yeah. Which is the, the most locked down city in the world, but he did him a favour. He did him a favour. Mm. Well, 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 to be honest, they voted. So, yeah. Well, that's true too, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, Coming yeah. in a couple of times around, maybe there was favours done. Maybe people liked that off. Another, another fellow that's in the power for less than 30% of the population voted for him. Don't, let's not do politics. Come on. <laughs> Oh, come on, it's Wednesday night. This is when do, we should do politics. Do you know? You know why I bought that yeah. up, Yagi? Because oh, why? Because Mike yeah. begged me not to. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Don't talk about Dan, for God's sake." Yeah, I can Mike think of. Help I can think of a hundred things. Well, I would rather talk about than that, Cretton. Well, I could really. think of plenty of things to spend $2 billion on before someone jumping through a sand pit, <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, well, we could spend a bit. You know, that maybe would have been $2 billion. Dollars. Are we going to yeah. pick it up over here in the West? Is Comrade uh, no, no. Roger going to pick it up over here in WA? No, That's what we were no. talking about earlier. Is it a state-based um, thing of blowing a heap of money? or? 
Is there some mm. federal coin get chucked into this or what? I've got no idea. But the, what it just amazes me that we're perfectly happy to just urinate this money up the wall and build things that barely get used. I mean, look at the look at everywhere you go. You have a look at some of the abandoned architecture around the world. There's whole Olympic villages that were used for, for three or four weeks, and that's it. Gone. Oh, the COVID village could get a run over here mm. in Western Australia. The COVID village, yep. Have you got yeah, one over that's there? That's not been used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all over yeah, the place. So. Yeah, they got one at Toowoomba. Yeah. Oh, well, there you the go. Wellness the wellness centre. The wellness. <laughs> well camp. The wellness centre. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then, I mean, we're talking about homeless and housing. There it is, isn't it? Well, mm. Why don't we open that up? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, wow. we've basically we've basically got uh, twenty minutes. Hang on, we've got, I've got a, I've got a rash of text messages here. Oh, I'll go through your text messages. Right? No, seriously. One from Trev. One from the Interstater. One from Bob. Yeah. Um, Paul St. Andrews and Policy. Yeah, yeah. I'm with them boys. I don't know. Queensland Transport Company just got whacked one a one point two million dollar fine. Mm. We could be we could be talking about that. I'll tell you what, there's something to watch on that story, <clears throat> which is a bit bigger than just the fine and whatever. Is it? Is the reason that that company was started to be investigated had nothing to do with a major traffic accident. Yep. It, it was something else that triggered it. <clears throat> yet they found so many breaches once they investigated them. So, you know. Even though your drivers might be out there doing some funny things, you know, just be careful. Because yeah. the powers that they do have when something small happens somewhere else, no one was killed, wasn't anything major, but it sparked an investigation. Yeah. So, Well, this is the problem, isn't it? This is the problem. Yeah, well, you so, can't um, take the view of it's all right until you get caught. <laughs> once, you, once you get caught. So this, this story that you're talking about, Brisbane-based heavy transport machinery business been fined $1.2 million after pleading guilty to only 37 charges in, contra, in contravening national vehicle, uh, sorry, heavy vehicle national law. Foley contracting for Pride Limited ended a guilty plea. Uh, but they had 83 critical risk breaches, 15 severe risk breaches, 14 substantial risk breaches and 81 minor risk breaches during a five-week period from the 1st of July 2020 to the 6th of August 2020. So this is three years ago. Mm, it's a lot of breaches, though, in six weeks. Well, it is, isn't it, I suppose? Mm. Uh, fatigue wasn't... They had an accident. There was a, they had an accident. Uh, one, of, one of their drivers mischarged the hydraulics on a side tip, a mechanism of a trailer and caused the entire combination to fall over on its side, which resulted in the investigation. And then they went through and found all this other stuff. And that's what got them in trouble, not the thing falling on its side. It's uh, it's really quite eye-watering when you think about it. 1.2 million, I suppose that'd be enough to put most people out of business, wouldn't it? That would. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, I mean, when you think about it, do you think that they're using these sort of things to, to steer people towards getting the, uh, to voluntarily get the electronic work diaries? 
Oh, you think I don't that that's know. part of it? I don't know. You look at that. That's a lot of breaches in a short period of time. Sorry. Yeah, and they would argue that every single one of those would have been caught if the drivers were on electronic work drivers. True. Yeah, but do we go about to find breaches again, though? Well, well they say my, there's some critical ones three there. Minutes, yeah, my what's three it? minutes was a major breach. What's a critical breach? What's it got to be for a critical breach? Travel Warner, what's it got to be for a critical yeah, breach? That in. Hey, Mike, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I just got a funny text. Did you? And it's... T- talking about museums and it says if you put old things in a museum yep. maybe you might need to leave Mike in Alice Springs <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear that's, that's oh, cold that is cold. that is cold did you say cold or gold cold oh, I'd say gold <laughs> cold. I said it's cold <laughs> Oh, I did walk into a bloody, uh, did walk into a bloody flower show there one day, and my fly was undone. I got first prize for the best dried arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, mate! Oh dear, mate! Oh dear! <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, bloody hell! Eighty three critical breaches. But look, I. <clears throat> I've, I've written a little bit about work diaries because I've written on a few things, but I've, I honestly think that, they, that there's a lot of stuff happening now, which is sort of, maybe it's just the cynic in me, but I think that um, the uh, no one, nothing would make the NHVR happier than having everyone on electronic work diaries. I think that would make them very, very happy. It mm. won't make a lot of drivers very happy, but it will stop, it will stop a lot of the, the minor breaches and, and things like that. It's all right for people that know how to manipulate a logbook and, and, and how to how to uh, how to operate with a logbook. But blokes like you know, Rob Free, who gave the very very interesting demonstration on his uh, on his um, TikTok about how to put sixteen and a half hours on one page in a logbook and be legal. Mm. And people said you can't do it. Well, you bloody well can if you know if you know what you're doing. Mm. Uh, the problem with it is that there are a lot of blokes that don't know what they're doing, <clears throat> and the NHBR are just getting much, much better at catching people from doing the wrong thing. But and, there's a bigger story to that, though, than just you, you, you still can't work 16 mm-hmm. hours in a day. No, you can't. So, no. What, what you can put in a logbook or, or mm-hmm. sorry, a work diary, you know, mm-hmm. might show that, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you can um, do it day in, day out. But, no, you can't. But one of the things you got to remember these this thing of what, what was it, eighty three critical breaches in a in yep. a six week period. Now, yep. if you're operating under a under BFM or something like that, as an employer, you, you and, and the HVNL, you you have to know that mm. your driver's doing that. Mm. So yeah, right. you're either hiding yeah. it, like this is part of the thing. If you're in a compliance system, you. You have to know. There is no way out of saying, "Oh, geez, well that was in their logbook and I didn't see it," or whatever. So, as an employer, you know that that's going but, on, and that's a lot of breaches if, in a short amount of time. So, if you're running a fleet of trucks, so I understand what you're saying, but if you're running a fleet of trucks and you're, you know, a, you know, a twenty, thirty truck fleet, yeah. and you've got all of these buddy, all of these buddy sheets to, coming in all the time. I mean, that's a full-time job for an office person just doing the compliance. Yeah, that's right. But right, what's, what's... and if you 
And if you happen to lose that compliance person, mm-hmm. there could be a critical period there where there could be a lot of things happening. I'm not saying that was the case. I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can end up in a situation where if you're not paying attention to the logbooks, um, then these sort of things can happen. And and then the other part about it is that you'll get a certain amount of culture that will happen within a, within a company sometimes where drivers will be expected to do things. They'll do things to try and help out or, you know, they'll do things because they think it's a good idea or they'll do things because someone in operations doesn't realise that an inch and a half on the map really means about 14 hours' work. That's right. You know, yeah. you know yeah. and, and so people get asked to do things and, and these things happen and they snowball and that culture develops. Then, you know, it's just... You, you just you're ripe to be shot. You're just, you've got a target on your back. Yeah. And as soon as something goes wrong, the NHBR comes and does a bit of a forensic audit and you're screwed. Mm. $1.2 million screwed in the case yeah. of this company. Hey, Mike, yeah. you, asked for, you asked for Trevor's opinion on something. Yep. Are you there, Trev? Yeah, got you, boys. How are you? Good. All right. How are you? Mm. Yeah, doing what's well. Critical, doing well. So, Mike, what's a critical breach? Well, it could be something, something as simple as you had, um, you know, you're coming up on your 84 hours and you got held up in traffic uh, going through the Gold Coast and um, you get to Brisbane and you've done 85 hours. That's automatically a critical breach. Something mm-hmm. as simple as that. Um, but as you and I have discussed before, you know, I, I can punch out a 20 a 20 hour shift and uh, not be fatigued. But if I put all that in my book the way we're supposed to, um, sorry, I'll rephrase that. If I make a mistake putting it, doing it all in my work diary, you know, bang, it's a, that's, a, that's a critical breach. And then you get someone else that'll, that'll do a 20-hour shift without managing their fatigue and they're, they're fatigued out of their mind. And yeah. yet they, should, they shouldn't be driving. And yet I could do the same thing, do it slightly differently and not be fatigued, but it's still both a critical breach. Mm. Yeah. The the thing is with this, though, the company got fined, not the drivers. So the company had been fined for not taking up their part in their compliance. So that shows that someone is actually prosecuting the people who are allowing it to happen. So I'm going to say, if you're in a compliance system, you're obliged to know. It's like saying... At the end of the day, you didn't you didn't understand that all that wire hanging out of the tire was a bad thing, and and you can't say, oh, we didn't have a tire fitter or we didn't have this or we didn't have that. It's it, there, there's a, there are some very clear cut lines here, and and the thing is we we've been allowed to be um, probably very complacent with with. Um, with our obligations under the HVNL. Like mm. the regulators what? allowed us to do that. And now when when people are found out, it's like, oh, this big shock and awe that, you know, but it, it is, you know, when when it's like these cases we've talked about of, of companies that push drivers, you know, well past the <laughs> limit and the driver gets fined, but the company doesn't. So this, well, this right. is starting to turn uh, the tables a bit. So obviously... Yeah, but if, if if you read down the story, if you read down this story a little bit further, these guys weren't done on lookbooks. They were done on uh, on the basis of hourly claims 
and they're, they're, they're like daily sheets. Yeah. And the the company have said that uh, that they believe that a lot of these a lot of these breaches have come about by basically employers taking advantage of their uh, generous weekly pay during the investigation period. Forty weekly worksheets were submitted by drivers. Thirty-one of them were modified by the defendant's officer after referring back to the drivers about their claims. Mm. So what they're saying is that the company believes that they've been given a bit of a stiff, uh, a, a bit of a, a bad deal because it's not actually logbooks, it's actually worksheets, weekly worksheets, and the drivers who have uh, been making the claims on their worksheet to maximise their, uh, their uh, generous hourly rates, apparently, mm. uh, whatever they are, um, have been basically taken the piss, mm. and the company's, are, the company's been raked over the court, over the coals. And as it says in the story, uh, it's important to note that the, uh, the actual drivers haven't been, uh, haven't been punished. Mm. So I'd be wondering why. I mean, if we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, things uh, being out of hand, why the drivers aren't being taken to task as well? Why aren't the operations people being taken to task as well? It just appears as though well, the they... company's been... Well, I'd say yeah. they've, they've taken someone to task because they got a one point two million dollar fine. Yeah, well, yeah, they have. But isn't that what, what we've been the... saying? Like, why aren't the companies prosecuted? Well, well it's a question we've been asked. Sorry, Trevor, wait up. Put my hand up. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> yeah. give you a, give you an example on how how things can can go pear shaped. Probably back in two thousand and six, two thousand and eight, when they went and spoke to the the big transport companies. A lot of their, a lot of the logbook pages were being handed in at least every 48 hours, every 72 hours. But the companies that I've worked for, for example, uh, you might not get back to the depot for four or five weeks. So if you've got, you know, we've our our, our companies um, that I work for, we've scaled down. But at the peak, I think we had about 36 prime, 38 prime movers, and yep. a lot of us did work away, and by time. Paperwork and our and our uh, yellow sheets, yellow copies, work diary copies, got back to the office. The crime yeah. had already been committed. So, yeah. what happened then was uh, we had a couple of incidents, and then TMR walked in and said, "Okay, you know what's going on." They had a look at the systems, and all the systems were in place. But then they they recognised that okay, the drivers aren't getting the paperwork back, so. Mm. We had to come up with a, a way of complying. I can't remember the section now, but it's like section 300, 305 of the National Heavy Vehicle Law, where management must ensure that drivers' work diary sheets are, are true and accurate and it's yeah. like a $6,000 fine per offence. So we had to put in a system in place to make sure that scheduling was doing the right job and drivers were doing their work diary sheets true and true and accurately. So yeah. our, our only solution was to go to an EWD. Now that means uh, we're using Hubfleet now. So the boss sits back in his chair. He's got a dashboard there of all the drivers. As soon as there's a breach pops up, you know, from day to day, who's, who's breached, why they breached and how to, how to uh, correct putting corrective action. Mm. That's the that's the key thing. If if companies are gonna stick with the old way of doing things by paper, 
that delay period is enough to put a noose around your neck if if you don't trust your drivers 100 percent to do the right thing. Yeah, but that, but that just feeds into the point that I made before, Trevor. Don't you think that somehow some of this stuff is just geared towards getting people onto the electronic work diaries without making it compulsory? We scare you, we scare you enough for the size of the fine. You'll do it just to, to you know, mitigate your risk. That, that, yeah, well, I, I can't deny that. Um, but we've also got another set of legislation called the, the Workplace Health and Safety, where mm. drivers are, or employees are supposed to have a 10 hours continuous rest break in between shifts. So we've got this, yeah. this, this matrix of overlapping legislation that if you're not going to screw you one way, they're going to screw you the other way. Mm. It's yeah, well, just. Oh, I, I, I said only a little while ago that some of this stuff just lacks logic. <laughs> well, by by us going into the NHVR and saying, "Hey, look, guys, this, we we cannot comply with this," and yeah. we put our point of view across, letting it all hang out there, telling them what what we've got to do with our work diaries to get the job done. Plus, get our get our and, and manage our fatigue. They've they've realised that you know it's not as simple as just fill out your work diary and, and uh, do your 14 hours and, and go to bed. It doesn't work like that in every every business. So they've mm. made things more flexible, and that's why we've got this new AFM uh, capability now to put in a little bit of flexibility. But I was only talking to a guy today. What happens if we get rid of work diaries? My answer to that was, we'll be back doing Brisbane, Melbourne in 19 hours again. So yeah, well, they've got to have some controls in place to to keep I, everyone I, sort of on the on the straight and narrow. The uh, I've had a conversation with uh, some people, you know, with 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 the interstater, for example, um, where there are guys that have actually got the wrong end of the stick about the work diary. The work diary is your greatest defence as a driver against someone making you do the wrong thing or trying to make you do the wrong thing. Um, you know, you record what you do in your work diary and and that's it there for all and sundry to see. And um, I think rather than saying they should let us do more, the drivers really should be uh, using the, uh, the information that's in the work diary to show... I mean, we, we measure everything by the hour. So why are we not, you know, why are we not using that work diary um, to to guarantee that we're being paid properly by the hour, being remunerated for the work that we do, and you know, and getting getting your head around the idea that the work diary is not stopping you from doing more; it's stopping you from doing too much, and and you know, being taken advantage of, and. You know, there's a, a number of people I think you would agree with that statement. Anyway, there you are. Well, just to give you an example on like when I, I I've got a um, a friend out in Brisbane. He's going mm. to AFM purely because he starts work at his crew start work at 3 a.m. every morning. They only mm. work 12 hours a day. They have mm. they go home for 10 hours and they have they knock off on Saturday afternoon and they have uh, pretty well um, 30 hours rest before starting mm. again back on uh, Monday morning. Now that mm. that cannot fit into any other box other than other than standard hours 
um, they can't do it, BFM, they can't do it. So it's fitted into the AFM thing. It does, they're still only working 12 hours a day, but it is the only mechanism that we've got at our fingertips to get out of the box of standard hours and, and BFM. Yeah. Mm. So we're not, we're not, um, they're not cowboys. They just, the government has made it that inflexible that that's the only mechanism that we've got to do what the business requires to, mm. uh, to do their job. So doesn't mean they, they can work six, they're going to work 16 hours a day, you know, it doesn't mean that at all. It's just, it's just giving them a little bit more flexibility on that, yeah. uh, mainly on the, on the night breaks. Mm. Just big yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hate to yeah. cut it short here, um, but it is nine o'clock. It is. We're going to have to go to the news. Mm. And thanks for calling in, Trev. Thanks for yeah, answering your right, question. Um, no worries, guys. Take it easy. We'll have to sure. keep right Right, eh? Thanks, Trev. All right, see you guys. Good see you, mate. Right, guys. Well, we'll call it a night. We'll play the news. Thanks. Be back Saturday. Yeah, thanks, um, yeah. everyone, for listening in tonight. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Yagi. Thanks, Thank you. Cool, cool. Good job, well, Lisbon. Thank you, ball boys. We'll uh, yeah. talk to everyone on Saturday night. Be well indeed. Yeah. And don't Monday. forget to get your subscription, truckandlife.net.au. That's right. Righto, guys. G'day, guys. How are you going? As you know, the Trucking Life magazine is back and it's going to be available at the Casino Truck Show. But if you're not going to be there, the best way to get it is to get your yearly subscription and you'll get four magazines throughout the year, quarterly, delivered to your doorstep. Absolutely action-packed with articles, new riders, some of the old that you probably remember from years ago, old trucks, new trucks, Big posters in the middle. There's going to be heaps. So jump over, get your yearly subscription for just 60 bucks, and that's four magazines throughout the year. Otherwise, we'll see you at the Casino Truck Show for our first read. Oh, yeah, I nearly forgot. Head over to truckandlife.net.au. Don't miss out.